Hey, uh, grab your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 63. We are going to read the entire Psalm today, uh, which I'm excited about. And while you turn there, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard somebody say something that was so good, and maybe you had thought it before, you've always believed it was true, it was so good, but you couldn't articulate your thought or your feeling into words? Because this is how I feel when I read Psalm 63 and David writes about his intimacy with God. I'm just like, I don't care how you got it, I just, I want it. Like, what self-help book, what business book, what keto diet is David on? Because I have to have it and figure it out, because it's, I mean, it's amazing, and we're going to read through it. I want you to understand something about Psalm 63. David is in his 60s when he writes this, so he's in the latter part of his life. He's 61, 62, and um, we're going to read it. That's all I'm going to give you, and we'll pick it apart. We're going to walk through some of David's life uh, this morning, so let's read Psalm 63, verse 1. It says this, O God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and to drink more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence, it satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion I pursue and I cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I feel my soul close to your heart. Those who plot to destroy me shall descend into the darkness of hell. They'll be consumed by their own evil and become nothing more than dust under our feet. These liars will be silenced forever. But the anointing of a king I will dance and rejoice along with all his lovers who trust in him. Let's pray. Father, with things that would be familiar in scripture, would you give us new eyes to see things? As we unpack your, your word, as we talk about you, would you be so present with us? We want to be closer to you this morning. That is our desire as your people. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel like if Psalm 63 were to be a voiceover for a commercial, I feel like it would look like the Corona commercial uh, and it'd be like rich blue and sunny and there's, you know, two chairs and people are sitting down and it's really nice and there's like that ding moment and it's amazing. I mean, what he writes is just, it's beautiful. It's as if David has reached his peak moment in life. It's as if he's made it, right? King of Israel. It's, it feels like he's in this luxurious room and maybe he's picking grapes and there's servants and he's just, you know, getting to do whatever he wants. He's, he's made it. That's what it feels like when I read this. But what's interesting about the intimacy that David is talking about towards the Lord 
is he's actually at one of the lowest moments in his life. He's fled to the Judean desert, which by the way is uninhabitable. There's no water. There's no food. I I imagine his stomach is empty. I mean, if you've ever been on a hike and forgotten water, I, I, I bet his mouth was dry. His lips were cracking. It was just not a good place to be. But don't worry, it gets worse. Because his own son, Absalom, is trying to murder him. He's fled there. And he's ran away. We know that he went quickly too in Samuel. I don't think he had time to get a camel with water and food and weapons and men and and run out and be strategic. He has fled there. I imagine he's hungry. Yet his journal entry that day is how intimate he wanted to be with the Lord. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. David is either delusional and he's crazy, or he's developed something that's worth investigating and maybe applying to our life today. Because David is using the most painful, uncomfortable, difficult moment to actually form and develop intimate relationship with God. I want to ask you a question this morning. What does your journal entry look like when life gets crazy and difficult or when life is painful? Or here's one for most of us, when life is really, really busy and full, what does your journal entry look like? look like? Well, Trav, I don't journal. Okay, fine. What does your intimacy with the Lord look like when life gets crazy and difficult and confusing and and maybe doesn't make sense? What does your thought patterns look like? What are your actions towards people look like? See, we live in a culture that is so driven by our circumstance and our feelings. And I want you to hear me so clear this morning. I don't think feelings are bad, but when they become the driver for everything that we do, they become really dangerous really quick. Could you imagine if David was driven by his circumstances and his feelings in this moment? Psalm 63 wouldn't exist or it definitely wouldn't look the same. See, what most people will never understand in life is that intimacy with God is way better than entertainment and then feeling. The problem with intimacy is it's really difficult. It's really tough. If you're married in this room, you understand what I'm saying. Some of your wives are squeezing your hand right now. Like, you get it, right? If you're doing deep relationship with friends or with family, you understand life is messy. People are tough to be intimate with. Intimacy usually means it's not always going to benefit us. I would suggest to us this morning, as humans who maybe have 85, 100 years on earth, some of the most difficult, painful, confusing, frustrating moments in our life actually have opportunity to become most intimate with God. Let me say it again. I think for some of us, some of the really difficult, busy, tough, 
painful moments that we'll experience in life, they actually have opportunity to become most intimate with God. That's what David is doing in this moment. See, you and I were designed, we were hardwired to crave intimacy with God. And until we understand that intimacy with God has nothing to do with our circumstance, we will constantly miss out on what God has for us when life gets difficult or busy or painful. In everything, we can develop intimacy. And we're going to look at David's life this morning. And we're going to see where he did that. Because he was, he was accustomed to being faithful and to developing intimacy with the Lord, especially when people weren't watching and especially when it was difficult or painful. Will you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16? I want to rewind about 45 years. So we just read Psalm 63. He's in his 60s. Let's rewind back to when he was a youth is what scripture would tell us. And we know that word means he was probably 12 to 15. So I'll say he's 15 uh, in 1 Samuel 16. You can say whatever age you want, but we know he's around that age. And this is what I want to look at this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'll start in verse 1. It says this. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send to you Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me in him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made Shema pass by and said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, well, there remains yet the youngest son, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and he was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So David has just come from doing his everyday chores. He's doing what his dad told him, take care of the sheep. He's been brought before his family. He's been anointed by God from a prophet in front of everybody. And if we keep reading at the same time, the spirit of the Lord has left Saul. So I want you to catch this. David has every right in this moment as a young kid to step up and take what is rightfully his, king of Israel. God himself anointed him. But what's interesting if we keep reading, it's almost as if nothing changes for quite a while. 
David goes back and takes care of the sheep. Sure, he gets to, you know, serve Saul. Again, the spirit of the Lord left Saul. David had been anointed by God. He's kind of now the entertainment for Saul. It's almost as if nothing changes. When I read the story of David, I tend to only grab on and, and, and look at the big wins of his life. And we should look at them. They're awesome and they're incredible. They're, they're, they're beautiful. I mean, think about it. God looks at the inside, not the outside, right? You can be anointed. And, you know, the story of his pact with Jonathan and he played excellently before Saul. So we should be excellent, right? That's the one we grab onto. Or he killed Goliath and he saved Israel. Like, that's beautiful. It's amazing. Or he became king of all of Israel. He restored the Ark of the Covenant. He, you know, Solomon was his son who would build this amazing temple. And we grab onto all of these big peak moments that David has. And I, I love them. I think we can learn from them. But my question this morning, do we really think that it was the peak highlight moments of David's life that formed him into the man where he would write in Psalm 63 at 60 years old, where his life is at an all-time low, how intimate he wanted to be with God? See, most people won't realize from the time of him being anointed at age 15, there was a 22-year process before he would become king that God anointed him for at age 15. There was a, if you've ever read the story as well, it's not pretty. I mean, there's some really tough time for David. Even after he's king, he's in this desert and he's just, is in an awful place. Do we really think that it was these peak moments these big wins that we see that would make him into a man after God's own heart? I don't think so. See, I actually think it was the moment where he was in the field with the sheep by himself and he begins to develop this thing he probably didn't even enjoy where he was at. Most people would say, well, it was the time where he played the harp in front of Saul. I actually think it was the walk to where Saul was at, where he was by himself. And he's going to serve a man where the spirit of God left him. He's been anointed, but he begins to form this intimacy, this friendship with God. I think it was the walk where he was delivering food to his brothers. And he just begins to form this depth and this intimacy to where he would actually go out and kill a giant. I actually think it was a time where Saul was trying to murder David. He flees and hides in this cave. He's by himself in the dark. And I think he begins to develop and form out of the pain and the hurt and the confusion, this depth with the Lord. I think it was the moment where his own son was trying to kill him. He's revolted against Israel and he flees to the desert. His stomach is empty. He's probably starving. He's borderline about to die. And he says, God, I just crave more of you. Your presence is everything that I need. It was in the uncomfortable, painful confusing, busy, stressful times of his life where he chose to say, you know what? My circumstance and my feelings are not going to drive my life. I'm going to become more intimate with God in every season. He says, oh God of my life, I'm lovesick for you. 
in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longing to love you more, with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. Can I just challenge us as a family this morning to not be a people who would strive after these peak moments and these highlights of our life? See, that is what culture is teaching me. That is what the American dream has taught me. Work, work, work until you can say, I've made it. But what about the rest? What happens when life gets difficult or painful or like you've been wronged and you're right and they're wrong? What then? Can I still be intimate with God? See, that's what I see In David's life, in every season, he developed this beautiful friendship and intimacy with God. What would Fort Collins look like for husbands and wives, men and students and business owners, men and women that work in the marketplace and teachers and doctors and grocery store employees, what would it look like if we actually said, regardless of my circumstance, whether life is awesome, whether life is difficult, I will be intimate with God and I will develop into who he's making me to be. Maybe you have been anointed for greatness. Scripture says we all have. Can I just remind you that there was a 22-year process for David. I bet you he didn't want to be there. What would it look like for you to stand in a season where you're like, I'm, I, I don't know why I'm here. I don't like this place. I don't know. What would it look like for you to just be faithful and intimate with the Lord? We see a moment in 1 Samuel 16. It was highlighted last service. I didn't talk about it. And um, Samuel's grieving for Saul. And God steps in and says, how much longer are you going to continue grieving? And what I just see from that, I want you to think about this. Your feelings aren't bad. Man, there's going to be seasons that are painful. And there is a grieving process. But the Lord sometimes so gently steps in and says, hey, how much longer are you going to be here? Think about this. If Samuel would have just continued to grieve and sit in that circumstance, David would have never been anointed. Some of us in this room have been in seasons for far too long. And God is saying, hey, I'm calling you like deeper. I want you to like come this way. There's, there's more for you. And maybe you're here and that's uncomfortable for you. Can I just invite you into deeper waters with the Lord? Maybe he's, you felt it, but you're like, it's unfamiliar. I don't know. Can I invite you maybe into the, back to the desert with the Lord? Or maybe it's uncomfortable. See, I think it's in those moments where the Lord is actually waiting to be discovered. And until we accept and realize that our circumstance cannot dictate our intimacy with God, I'm wondering how many seasons I missed out on where it was tough and I just, I I did whatever my feelings told me to do. And my journal entries were, were horrible. In every season, you and I have the opportunity to be intimate with God. If I could just be honest with you for a moment, uh, life for me feels so good. Love, 
my family. I love where we're at. I'm honored to, to be a young person in Fort Collins, Colorado. I feel like I'm, I'm thriving. Life looks really good. And my biggest conversation with the Lord right now is, God, if you took all of that away, if you stripped all of it from me, would I still worship you the same? Would I still stand in the season and say, you're so good and I love you and I crave you. Your presence is everything that I need. Man, I want to be known for a people who in 2019, 2020, as we continue through life, regardless of what culture says you have to do, what if we stood in every circumstance and said, I need more of the Lord because he's so good and I want to be so intimate with him regardless of how I feel. Man, we could change a city. Do we grasp that idea? That is where I stand before the Lord in such a healthy fear because I've, come, I've become so accustomed to just playing the game of church, to just check it off my list. And it's a cool, it's a cool thing now to go to church, even as a young person. There's cool people and it's, it's about community and buzz. And I hear it. I love it. Those are good things. But listen to me. Our feelings, our circumstances cannot determine our depth with the Lord. You have the ability right now. Maybe life is painful for you or it's difficult. Man, I don't know your story. God does. I'm not going to tell you it's easy either. Maybe your season is, I need to grieve for a while. That's okay. Can I just tell you that in every moment, there will be a time where God will step in and say, hey, it's time to move forward. That's what I see in David's life. In every moment, whether it's painful, whether it's difficult, whether it's awesome and you're thriving, we can be more intimate and closer with God. I think that's where he's waiting to be discovered. Would you stand with me and I'll pray us out.